Integrated delivery system Sutter Health could acquire outpatient provider Sansom Clinic. Infusion therapy provider Option Care announces it will acquire home health organization Amedesis. And new analysis finds that more than a million people would lose coverage if Medicaid work requirements go into effect. It's Tuesday, May 9th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Sacramento, California-based Sutter Health is in talks to acquire Santa Barbara-based Sansom Clinic, according to an announcement released on Friday. Under the deal, Sansom would become part of Sutter Health over time, with plans to create more access to primary care and ambulatory care in California's central coast. Sutter Health is a large nonprofit integrated network with more than 53,000 employees, including 12,000 physicians. It also operates 23 hospitals. 33 ASCs, and many more specialty centers throughout Northern California. Sansom Clinic is a nonprofit independent multi specialty medical group with 180 physicians across more than 30 specialties and 22 patient care facilities. Sutter Health does not have any health care facilities in the Santa Barbara area. Previously, Sansom was in talks to merge with Santa Barbara based health system Cottage Health, but that deal was called off in 2017 due to difficulties gaining approval from federal regulators. The financial details of Sutter's proposed acquisition of Sansom were not disclosed, nor was an expected closing date provided as part of the announcement. In other acquisition news, post-acute care and infusion service company Option Care Health announced last Wednesday that it will purchase home health and hospice care provider Amedesis in an all-stock deal worth $3.6 billion. According to a release, the combined organization would create a national clinical network with more than 16,000 employees, including nurses, pharmacists, occupational therapists, and social workers, with 674 care centers across the country. The combined revenues of both organizations totaled more than $6 billion in 2022. Provided they receive regulatory approval, the two organizations expect to close the deal in the second half of this year. When the deal closes, Option Care Health stockholders will own nearly 65% of the combined entity, and Amedesis stockholders will own more than 35%. This is not the first time the two companies have worked together. Previously, Option and Amedesis partnered in 2021 to provide in-home infusion services to patients with COVID-19. Amedesis stepped into the hospital-at-home business in 2021 when it acquired Contessa Health in a $250 million deal. The deal comes as more providers look to shift post-acute care to the home. Data from PA Consulting show that by 2030, the global market for at-home health care will increase by $70 billion to more than $390 billion. More than 1 million Medicaid enrollees could be dropped from the program next year if proposed work requirements become law, according to analysis released by KFF last Friday. 
Rules mandating that states implement work requirements for Medicaid beneficiaries are part of the latest debt bill being considered on Capitol Hill, with Republican lawmakers supporting the proposal as well as other efforts to cut federal spending. Democratic lawmakers have opposed those proposals. Last week, the Republican-majority House voted 217 to 215 in favor of passing a broader bill that would raise the debt ceiling and included several provisions, including Medicaid work requirements. However, that bill likely will not pass in the Democratic-majority Senate. KFF, previously known as the Kaiser Family Foundation, analyzed recent estimates from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office that found that work requirements would impact an average of 15 million Medicaid enrollees every year and result in savings for the federal government around $109 billion over the next decade. KFF's analysis assumes that the work requirements, if passed, would only apply in expansion states and to beneficiaries in the expansion group. Using the CBO's data, KFF estimates that 16.7 million people will fall into that expansion group by May 2024. And if 10% fail to meet the work or reporting requirements, which the CBO expects, 1.7 million enrollees could lose eligibility for federal matching funds next year. If states decide to maintain eligibility for those individuals, spending would shift from the federal government to the states to an estimated $10.3 billion. However, a 2019 report from the Government Accountability Office found that enforcing and monitoring work requirements could be costly, ranging from $6 million to $271 million in additional spending. Under the current proposal to be eligible for Medicaid, beneficiaries between the ages of 19 and 55 would be required to work 80 hours per month. However, people would be exempt if they are pregnant, have dependent children, or are deemed mentally or physically unfit for employment. Previous analysis from KFF finds that more than 90% of non-senior Medicaid enrollees who are not on supplemental security income or covered by Medicare are either currently working or face barriers to work. In the past, some states have passed laws mandating Medicaid work requirements, which have been successfully challenged in court on the grounds that they reduce coverage and as such do not promote the objectives of the Medicaid program. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at JustHealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.